The Phineas Club is exclusively funded by its patrons. You can become a patron as well by going to patreon.com slash the Phineas Club. Check it out. It's really cool. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phineas Club. This is episode 102 for January 2018. We talk about the Kingdom of Belgium. Hey everyone and welcome to the Phineas Club. My name is Patrick Beja and on this show we usually talk to people from different parts of the world and uh, get together to discuss the news from the past month and we get different perspectives and uh, cultures and opinions on what's been happening. Today we're doing a special though, we also do try to do that uh, every month, and uh, we're going to be talking about an immensely important part of the world and uh, I'm sure my guest will agree. Uh, well, I was going to keep the, the suspense going for a little bit, but the title is, I mean, the name of the country isn't the title of the episode. So from Belgium, uh, Guillaume is joining us. How are you doing, sir? Hi, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. Um, so we're going to be talking about Belgium, which I think is a fascinating um I was going to say little country, but we're going to get into that, I think. That's it is pretty small. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was looking at doing a tiny little bit of research, which actually made, basically means I, I loaded up Wikipedia page, uh, a Wikipedia page for Belgium. Um, and it turns out it's like 10 million people, over 10 million people. Um, that's oh, yeah. In terms of population, it's all right. But I, I, meant, I mean, in, in terms of land space, it's not so big. Yeah, it isn't. Um, but it's like twice the population of Finland, which admittedly is a oh. small country. <laughs> a whole other topic. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I think it's about the size of Oregon in the United States. I'm not sure. All right. Mm -hmm. So something like that. And um, and it's. I think it's an interesting relationship that the country has to the European Union, because, of course, it's mm -hmm. one of the centers of the EU and to France, where I'm from, um, because it's kind of like Canada for the US, I think. It's kind of France's hat. Um, it's the, okay. the, the cousins we think of as like, basically, you're kind of the same thing. But at the same time, you have like multiple languages and uh, it's a it's a strange uh, uh, country at the, the crossroads of so many things. Um, and I'm curious to hear a little bit more about it when usually, you know, it's not a country many people in the world pay attention to. So I'm curious to see if we're going to have some interesting tidbits from you. Um, before we start talking about your country, though, can you tell us about yourself? Um, who are you? Oh, what do sure. you do? said my name is Guillaume I'm pretty young I'm 23 I'm a tech kind of person I have a startup I recently dropped out of college and <laughs> English French used to speak uh, used to speak uh, Dutch uh, when I was much younger now not so much we'll get into that um, and yeah um, I listen to a lot of podcasts play a lot of video <laughs> games and so that's how I know Patrick um so you're 23 you said um so That's basically right. you're you're a millennial and um you mentioned I think millennials are like between um between half of the 80s and half of the 90s oh. i think okay yeah no you're right so oh, you're post-millennial I, I was joking on twitter i wasn't sure how you would call post-millennials um like the 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 the, the Most millennials is pretty much which which mm. the term we use I think it's like the generation that has inherited the broken messed up world that we're leaving for you guys so yeah good luck uh, excellent <laughs> have a, have fun um, so I mean talking about Belgium uh, you mentioned uh, Dutch and French and English uh, there's German in there as well right. for people That's who right. don't know um, for people who don't know. What the hell is, is Belgium and why do you have like 15 different languages and, and regions and provinces and all of that? Um, so, so, yeah, um, we have three languages officially. So at the north of the country, you have Flanders, where people speak uh, Flemish. 
which is very close to, I mean, it is essentially Dutch with a couple of differences. The South, we speak French, again, with some differences between uh, the French you speak in Paris, but not a lot. And then uh, on, on the border between Belgium and uh, Germany, we have a small, tiny bit of land that we got because, as you know, we won World War I uh, about 100 years ago. And so that's that's uh, what we inherited because we, we won the war. So uh, a, a, a judge decided that we should uh, take a bit <laughs> of land from Germany. Uh, and so there you have... Yeah, you have the north and the south, and then in the middle of that, you have Brussels. And Brussels complicates everything. Um, essentially, in Brussels, officially, uh, people speak both French and, and, and Flemish. And so when you look at um, stores, when you look at uh, advertisements, you see everything in both uh, Flemish and French. Uh, and you have schools in in either Flemish or French. Uh, the police will speak to you in either uh, Flemish or French. Uh, but if you're in, in the south, in Wallonia, then it's exclusively French. And if you're in the north, uh, then it's exclusively Flemish. And this distinction, distinction between the north and the south, just about the language, um, actually, <laughs> uh, if, if you go as far back as... 2000 years ago um when julius uh, julius caesar uh, conquered uh, whole of europe where brussels is because there's, there's a huge forest over here and so he didn't go much further than where brussels is and so essentially you have the north where people speak flemish which is a german uh, german of uh, what, what do you call it germanic language mm -hmm. and the south it's uh, a latin language um ah. and so this uh, separation is not only a matter of language, it's also a very cultural difference. Uh, and there's a, a lot of difference, uh, a lot of differences on many aspects. So language is one example, but you have uh, culture, you have economics, you have politics. Um, in, it's, it, time goes on. It's, it looks more and more like um, two pieces um it together <laughs> like it's 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 not as much it's not it's not as united as say france for instance yeah well yeah i mean obviously that that would make sense i was going to ask you um do the people outside of brussels then regard brussels as this like elitist uh town where where people have to speak every language but the the, the outside of the of that capital is more entrenched but really the picture you're painting which makes sense is well the north and south are are latin versus germanic and the mm -hmm. the, the opposition is born from there already so brussels is almost like a battleground where the battle happens say, it feels i will say if, if we're being completely honest um i mentioned earlier that um my flemish is not what it used to be uh, when I was a, when I was a kid, I went I went to Flemish school when I was about eleven, and I could speak both languages. But the fact of the matter is, in Brussels, you don't have that many people to speak Flemish with. It's oh, in theory, it's both Flemish and French, and indeed, you have um, Dutch-speaking universities. You have um, Flemish TV, Flemish radio, and you can speak to the police in both French and, and Flemish, but. In reality, like I have a hard time finding friends that speak exclusively Flemish. In fact, when I do meet people who come from Flanders and I want to speak to them, Patrick, I don't speak Flemish with them and I don't speak French. I usually speak English with my fellow countrymen um, mm. because that's much easier because everyone knows English. So I was going to I was almost going to interrupt you and ask you why your English was so good because it definitely feels like uh, you, you, you have a, a natural, you know, it feels very natural, your English. And I suspect it might be because you listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, You're right. That's how it, Mostly it, that. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like every um, young Belgian person speaks as naturally as you do um, in, in Okay. Um, uh, one example, one additional difference between uh, the North and the South is that 
Um, in the North, movies on TV are not being dubbed. It's just English with uh, Flemish subtitles. Mm. In the South, they are being dubbed uh, in French because actually it's just buying the, buying the dubbing from France. Right, right. This difference alone makes it that um, the Flemish population is much better at speaking English, at being multilingual, yeah, multilingual, uh, learning other languages, being open to the world. And this, you can also see that when you look at uh, movies, when you look at Flemish movies, very Americanized, and you see Flemish movies being bought by Hollywood to get um, adapted to the American market. Mm. Whereas you look at uh, movies from the South, and you're going to see this very socialist, very um, <laughs> down, down to roots. You, you, you see the, the fields of wet. Um, it's, it's very, um, it's, yeah, it's not Americanized. It's very, very South of Belgium kind of thing. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny because I guess it's as good a place as any to talk about this. For France, I joked about it and I think it's an offensive, somewhat offensive view, uh, but it, it, there is some truth to it. We look at Belgium and Switzerland to an extent, which is in a somewhat similar uh, uh, situation, but very different in many ways, but as like the, the, the nice little cousins that, that are to the side. And, but really, yeah. I mean, there are some things like chocolate and beer and, and uh, comics or bande dessinée, which oh, yeah. are very uniquely, yeah. yeah. The Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> For example. Um, but it feels like the culture is French culture with a few tweaks, uh, just maybe as, and again, Canadians are going to be offended by this, but I think there is some truth to it as well. Canadian culture is very close to American culture because of the cultural influence and geographical proximity that's mm -hmm. normal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But so how do you feel about that? Is that something that you think, yeah, a little bit, or is it like fist on the table? How dare you insult my country? Can you clarify? What do I think about what? Um, about the fact that we look at, maybe the fact that you don't understand what I'm saying means that it's true. Uh, sure. French people see Belgian as, and Belgian, you know, okay, okay. culture, you, society, you as French with the, a twist, uh, yeah? yeah? Oh, oh. I mean, so, yeah, with a twist, uh, underlined twist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, there, there's definitely a, a certain proximity. Like, we have French TV. We can watch TF1 and France 2 and all those channels on TV. Um, and do you? We have, do, do, do Belgian people actually watch French TV? Sure. Yeah, d definitely. Yeah. Um, and so you, you see like Belgian actors in French movies and et cetera. Th there is definitely like a, a yeah, proximity <laughs> because we are neighbors after all, and we do speak the same language. Mm. Okay. So it's not offensive. Well, I mean, I'm sure it could get offensive, uh, but it's not too offensive uh, to, is, to how look is at cousin being uh, How is the word cousin uh, offensive? Um, I think... In the worst cases, French people would look at themselves as the true, you know, French, oh, 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 kind let's of. Let's get into that. Let's get yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You know, it's it's like, and I'm sure not, it's the same as, you know, Parisians will see themselves as the the center of France, but, and the people outside of, of, of Paris would look at that as super, um, uh, you know, self-important, which it is. Like, I think mm -hmm. France will look at other French-speaking countries as... I don't want to go too far oh, into it, because no, I, I know I, it's... I, I it's want a... to, I want to, because it's... <laughs> I mean, it seems like deep down you have something to say, Patrick. I'm not... No, I don't. Uh, I just think that it can be interpreted in a way that is not... That, that goes farther than what it is. No, what I mean, I'm just that, saying is... It's like when America, you, you, America thinking of Canada as, you know, the, 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 the friends to the north, which are basically like us. So they're kind of us. So it's kind of denying their own culture a little bit. And I think there is a little bit of that happening for Belgium uh, when compared to France. You don't pay attention to it too much. And you kind of know that there's the, the Flemish part somewhere. But really, it's kind of like the, the, the other people who speak French. And the important French stuff, hap stuff happens in France. I think that's a good 
summary, which again, I understand it's not necessarily true, but that's a feeling. And I wonder if you, 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 you know, have any response to that. Honestly, like I have a heart. I mean, I, I do feel uh, a certain, a certain amount of condescendence from France when they speak of Belgians. They don't necessarily um, a lot of respect sometimes, depending mm -hmm. on who you're talking to. Um, but like, honest, I have a hard time following you. I'm, I'm having a hard time knowing what you mean exactly. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Well, I think it's that that idea of of respect might be a good way of of um, uh, putting it. I think how, how do you how do you say uh, chauvinism in uh, in English? Oh, that's a good word. Chauvinism. I think it's the same word. <laughs> yeah, there is there is uh, so there is some of that for that sure. Yeah, France. And what's interesting is that there is none of that in Belgium. Like, oh, really? It's there is the fact that you can't really define what the Belgian identity is make, makes it a lot harder to be proud of that. You, you can't really be proud of proud to be a belgian it's the greatest nation in the world because well like it's very what does divided. it mean it's to very be small belgian? and very divided so, so okay so that's a good question for you uh, well I w as i was just saying what does it mean to be a uh, belgian <laughs> you're hitting me with the hard questions here patrick <laughs> um just your feelings so, it doesn't have to be universal <laughs> i mean <laughs> I would say, I would say, so there is uh, an article on Wikipedia about what it means about uh, Belgitude, about Belgianism, uh, what it means <laughs> to be a Belgian. And essentially, it's, it, it basically explains that being a Belgian is often, def you, you often define what it means to be a Belgian by, uh, by opposition. You say, oh, we're not this and we're not that. We're not very big and we're not very proud. And you have our Belgians have a hard time saying what they are because it is so divided that movies in the north are not like movies in the south, and language is <laughs> is, is not the same everywhere. And like the fact that it is so divided makes it hard to be big and shiny and to really export itself. And um, yeah. Mm. Um, What is, what is, oh boy, what does it mean to be a Belgian? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for, for me, it would be uh, beer, chocolate, uh, you know, sure, mussels yeah, and yeah, fries, obviously. and no, all now of that those you mentioned cliches. Beer is, definitely, beer is definitely, and I'm not joking here, a big part of our culture, and th that you will find everywhere in the country. Mm. People who like to drink beer um, in university and outside of university, like basically <laughs> everyone. Um, Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, mm. sure. Okay, so Belgian is is being Belgian is liking I would say Belgian it's beer. beer. It's actually um, multiculturalism, multicultural, uh, multiculturalism, and multi uh, being multilingual. Thing mm. being humble. Uh, we are a lot less proud. We are much more humble. Uh, I would mm. say. Okay, that that kind of. Uh, makes sense i guess with everything else you've been saying i wonder um if we can talk a little bit more about that opposition because i think for two listeners it's going to be the most interesting part it's basically two countries in one and i think i feel a little bit more <laughs> what uh, way to put it? <laughs> it that's what it feels like when you're describing it um I'm sure Swiss people listening to this are going to feel uh, some kind of kinship to your plights. Um, mm -hmm. But I also think, uh, I mean, I don't get the same amount of strong division from Switzerland. I think there is a Swiss identity um, that is a little bit stronger. So how does it work in, in Belgium when you have those two very, very different parts what kind of problems does it cause how do you uh you know resolve those problems to make the country work uh, what are the conflicts uh, can you tell us a little okay. bit more about that so making comparison with uh, switzerland because i don't know much about switzerland but sure. um so yeah so like i quickly mentioned earlier um in the south you have this very 
agriculture, there's a lot of, uh, it, it clearly, it's, you're clearly in the socialist uh, territory, like it's red everywhere. And in fact, uh, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of scandals uh, inside the socialist party. And so uh, people have, starting, have started to vote more either for the Green Party, Ecolo, or for um, the hard left party, the PTB, um, which is yeah, very, very communist, very um, anti-rich, etc. Um, mm. And so one thing I should clarify right now is that between two languages, the North and the South, and but so are the political parties. So you have. Oh, sorry, you cut off the, for a second. You said it's divided between the two languages and between the political parties. The po political parties are split as well. So you have mm. a socialist party in the north, and you have a socialist party in the south, and it's the same for the green, for the center, for the the right, for the hard uh, the hard right, the, the far left, etc. Um, and so. Um, in the south, anyway, it's leaning much more towards the left. In the north, it's clearly leaning much more towards the right. And so, and again, uh, you can see that when you look at polls, but you can also see that when you look at something that is close to my heart, which is um, entrepreneurship, money startups have raised um, in each region. Uh, it's about... Essentially, Wallonia has about 8% of all uh, fundraisings. Uh, and so the your Brussels and Flanders have like 90% of it. Um, and so that's, you have, um, yeah, not a lot of entrepreneurs in the South, much more in the North. And that's the kind of thing you see. Uh, and so it becomes really difficult. Um, I mean, essentially, we just, we... <sighs> People in the South essentially stay in the South and people in the North essentially stay in the North. But when it gets really messy is when you have elections and we have one government that needs to uh, handle both regions, uh, one federal government. And so... Hey, before we get to elections, let's talk about mm -hmm. the people a little bit more. Um, because you say they each, you know, the... the Southerners stay in the South, Northerners stay in the North. And it's it, the way I understand it is basically things work out. You don't have to interact with one another. It's fine. But what happens when you do? Like, do you have uh, pre, uh, uh, some preconceptions about the, the uh, Flemish and vice versa? Do you have some oh. violence, hatred? I don't know. Or, or maybe everyone gets along and it's all very good spirited. Um, I'm curious how that goes culturally. Mm. Well, that actually the people who so th there is obviously um, something that is pre-required is that both Belgians, uh, the Flemish and the Walloon, both need to speak uh, the other language. Or, I mean, uh, at least and one do of them. They? Does. Mm, mostly, I would say no. Um, mm. In Brussels. In Brussels, like I said, I'm French-speaking. Uh, when I meet another Flemish, uh, we usually speak um, English. Now, that's not representative, obviously. I, actually, I would say that had I been 30 years older, had I been much older, um, I probably would speak French and then add a sentence Uh, here and there, you know, uh, mm. just because, because that's my vocab vocabulary, uh, vocabulary, <laughs> and um, and that's how that's my that's my identity, that's my culture. I'm from Brussels. I speak both, and there you go. But I think the more time goes on, the more actually you have people like me who mostly speak English when they need to interact with um, with Flanders, mm. um, and so. It's kind of hard for me to answer because I'm not in a situation where I can. Mm. I would say that if they don't, which, which is most Walloons don't speak Flemish, then the conversation will just not work and there will be very little interaction between the two. But, but it's but funny. It's, do, it's, it's, yeah. But because it seems you're, you're kind of um, uh, saying it, you don't know how it works because it almost doesn't happen 
kind of is that I kind of yeah i mean yeah that's just flanders flemish are happy where they are and they don't often um yeah if you should, <laughs> that's it just doesn't happen that often that's, um that's kind of weird so how how is is the population almost evenly divided uh between the two yeah. languages so okay. i think i think flanders is a bit bigger and so you have more people okay um so the only time that you know those those two halves uh really bump into one another is what you were getting into which is the elections right and that right. becomes and then, ugly so, yeah so like i said you have um that, okay so the best example to describe that is the elections we had about 10 years ago um where the, the socialist party got a lot of votes in the south and then the nationalists the NVA got a lot of got a lot of votes in the north and so you had on one side one party which was very pro belgium because you know the rich flemish people would and then all that money would go to the south the, the rich flemish people a lot what of, sorry you're, you're yeah. cutting off uh, uh, regularly here sorry. you were oh, saying they sorry. that's okay you were saying the rich flemish people want to what yeah the um Essentially, what happens is that you have a lot of rich, uh, well-educated Flemish people who, and they pay a lot of taxes, and then that money would go to the south of the country, where you have a lot of unemployment, uh, and the Flemish were not happy with that. Right. And so, so do they, they want to separate, or do they want to do they want to break the country apart? What what I hear a lot when I ask this question uh, to my fellow countrymen in the north is that mind is usually the answer I get is like I doesn't really matter to me, which again shows you how little they interact with the south because they they rarely do, and so yeah, if 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 the country splits, then it doesn't really change a lot, and they have their own identity, they have their own culture. They, they actually, I was saying earlier that we're not really proud of of our of being of being belgians there is a lot of pride in being flemish uh, among uh, certain parts of flanders um so and so you mix all this together and you have this um nvr party which uh says which openly says well uh now you're not going to have to to go to the south of the country because we're going to split and you know it's going to stop um, and so, so they so got the a lot NVA, of votes. Yeah. Is the NVA um, a, a Flemish party or is it still a Belgian party? Or actually, no, no, okay, that okay, question okay. is. So, yeah, it's, like, it's, like I said earlier, um, when, you, when you're in Flanders, you can only vote, and I don't think I explained this actually. When you're in Flanders, you can only vote for a Flemish party. When you're in, I mean, the lists of, of the parties you can vote for are different based on where you are. And so if you're in the south, you have a certain list and you can, you can tick the box you want. If you're in the north, you have a completely different list with Flemish parties. And so you, you have every, every election, you have the results from the north and the results from the south and the results from Brussels. And you need to kind of mix it all together in one single federal government. <laughs> that seems like it would never work. It's pretty incredible that it does actually most of the time, apparently. I mean... So I, I kind of like this system, actually, because it's a coalition system. And so you never have the situation you often have in France, where a party gets maybe 20, 22% of votes, and then it ends up being, uh, becoming the government, and it ends up be, uh, having the presidency. Uh, yeah. That, I think, is a lot less interesting than having a, uh, having a government which represents the majority of Belgians. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more difficult to put together as a government, but it it is also Actually, more. That's why. Mm. Yeah, you you essentially, I mean, yeah, we can just put it this way: it's so hard that it sometimes takes months or even years or even up to. I think it's like about um, five hundred days, uh, something like that. Yeah, five hundred and forty-one days without a government. 
yeah. because those discussions can sometimes last this long. That's uh, what happened in 2010, I think, which we were referring yeah. to. And uh, obviously, it's we talked about this in um, the Netherlands with Marlene a few months ago, and it's happening in Germany. I mean, also have this coalition system, and they they also yeah. have to do deal with it by talking a lot. I think it's true that you can point to those examples and say, "Well, look." Sometimes you don't have a government for 500 days and it's it's horrible but the I mean obviously it it is a problem actually it's but, it's um, not that big of a problem because Belgium works it's very modularized um you have um you have ministries in the south you have ministries in the north you have ministries which are dedicated to so we have this thing called communauté and I'm not sure how I'm going to translate this in, in English Uh, yeah, uh, yes, communities. <laughs> um, and so you have the French community and the Flemish community. And so those are, they have their own, their own parliaments, they have their own governments. And so that's where they take care of, for instance, schools, the education systems. Mm. Uh, and then in the federal government, you're going to see stuff like uh, healthcare or, um, or in affairs or the defense or that kind of stuff. But, There's um, a lot of local. Well, so sorry, you mentioned yeah. uh, ministries. Are they replicated, or did, is it just decentralized? With some of them being in the north and some of them being in some the south. Some of them, some of them are fed, uh, federal uh, federal ministries, and so they apply to the whole country. Um, okay. Some of them are regional uh, regional ministries, so they either for Brussels or for Flanders or for Wallonia, and some of them are community ministry and so they apply to so there is the french-speaking uh, ministry and there is the flemish ministry uh, i'm sorry the french-speaking community and the flemish community and so there you will find ministries for for instance education and so education has one ministry for uh, flemish-speaking um, people and one ministry for french-speaking people so do does the French language community ministry. Uh, do, do, yeah. There is French language teaching in uh, yeah. in Flemish land. <laughs> Flanders. In, in Flanders. Uh, just just uh, just think about the um, the the neighbor of uh, Homer Simpson's. Um, oh right, is... Flanders. Excellent. Right. All right, that works. Um, uh, so um, and so yeah, there, there there is absolutely so the the the, the the courses are different in the north and in the south um but who is in charge so, of it is my question is the flemish ministry of education in charge of teaching french in flanders or is it the wallon uh, walloon wallonian um ministry of education wallonia takes care of no actually also okay it's important to distinguish wallonia and the french community because the french community also encompasses uh, brussels Um, oh, and so okay. the the uh, and and the Flemish community also encompasses uh, uh, Brussels. So if you're in Brussels and you go to a school that's in Flemish, then essentially it's going to have to respect the rules decided by the Flemish community. But if you go to a school where they speak French, then the rules are decided by the uh, French-speaking community. Mm modularized kind of thing and so that's why when you don't have a government a federal government i mean then it's not really the end of the world it's pretty bad but it's not the end of the world because we still have the communities we still have the regional ministries and all that stuff okay um we can talk about this some more but i do want to make a little bit of a detour through uh the the kingdom part Because on top of all of this, uh, Belgium is also a kingdom. I mean, obviously it is, it is for representation, and I'm, I'm guessing it has go. as much power as it does in the UK. Uh, it, it's interesting to me that you didn't mention this at all when we were talking about identity and what unites the right. country and gives a feeling of, you know, Belgiumness. <laughs> The fact that I'm young plays a part in this. Mm. I think had you asked my father, maybe he would have mentioned the king at some point. I think the more you lean... Uh, yeah, essentially, I think younger populations have a lot less respect for 
the royal figure. Um, so we, we do have a king called Philippe de Belgique. And he lives in his palace, not, not far from where I live. Um, and <laughs> he, I mean, so actually when, when, um, the elections happen and political parties decide who is going to be, um, the prime minister, like he needs to sign off on that. And when the prime minister gives his resignation, resignation, then he needs to sign off on that. And the law is like ceremonial, right? He he always does it. I'm there guessing. you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. It happened once where um, a king called Baudouin um, and a law because it was like a pro-abortion law, and he was very Christian, and so he refused to sign. But it got taken care of anyway. So that shows you how little it really matters. Okay. Um, who gets custody of the king if uh, you know the NVA gets its wish and the country is so, separated? Actually, I should, I should clarify something because earlier we spoke about the 2010 elections, right. but there there, has, there have been elections since then, and the NVA is definitely in power now. Um, so oh. you don't need to imagine it, it's 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 the case. And in the in their um, Program, Plan, I guess you would campaign, say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In their plans for the country, they have a little paragraph where they say, "Well, we want to make Belgium a republic, and we don't want a king anymore." Uh, it's it never happened. Okay. <laughs> and I'm 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 gonna say honestly, I'm kind of disappointed by that, but yeah, you know, there mm. you go. Um, and so, who gets custody of the king? Uh, I mean, well, that's the answer. The king goes away if they really want to go through that entirely. I mean, we're talking about theoretical plans here, but yeah, yeah, it's mad. honestly, I, I don't think Belgium was split. Um, I think it's this very. I just don't think it will happen. Okay, you you were saying it's this very. I'm sorry, it's it's cutting off re regularly. No, no, sorry, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't cut off. I I, oh, I didn't cut off. You stopped you speaking. Could, I just <laughs> didn't have an. Yeah, I, I didn't know what to say. No, I don't okay. think it will happen. Okay. Um. So. Obviously, there's a lot of very complicated parts. The country seems like it was built um, to function even when the the crises happen. Um, so you're saying that the NVA is in power now. Um, they they had a very aggressive uh, agenda for what they wanted to do with the country. Yep. What have they done? And are uh, the the Flemish is the Flemish part of the country happy with this, or are they disappointed? Or because they're more nationalistic slash, can we say, populist? Uh, in their agenda, how 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 far to the I, right I would, are they? I would not describe. I would no. I would not describe them as populists or okay. Th that no. I would. I would not say that. I, I I people are gonna hate me for saying this, but I don't hate them politically. Politically, I want Belgium to stay together, but um, they, they are not disgusting. I think. Um, I mean, I, actually, some of them are, but uh, overall, I think they're pretty much okay. How would you describe their policies then? Is it far right, center right, right right? Oh, I'm... it's the right. I would say it's what? Sorry, oh, a, a hard right, hard right. Okay, so take from that what what you will. I'm guessing in American oh. terms, it would be center <laughs> or center right. Something no, actually, maybe it would be left. Actually, oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, Okay, so they're in place. They're not separating the country, uh, it seems. How do the, the Flemish and the Wallonians feel I mean, about that? Part their... of the reason why the country is still together is because we have this coalition system. And so the current government mm. has NVA in it, but it also has French liberals. It has Flemish li uh, liberals. Um, it has... Um, no, I think that's about it. Yeah, okay. um, but... It doesn't only have a nationalists uh, Flemish party. I see. Um, uh, so I, I, I haven't looked at the polls lately, but I think that um, if there are new elections now, uh, I think there would be some issues for the NVA because they have not, if, as they said they would be, um, they have not split the country. And so maybe a lot of 
voters would be disappointed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a hard time telling you how Flanders feel about it right now. Um, because like I said, like we don't have a lot of contact with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's another part I, I really want to discuss, and that's the, yeah. the, the last overarching layer of the European Union. Uh, obviously, Belgium is a, a seat of many of the EU institutions. Yeah, institutions. And, we have the yeah. Council, the Commission, the Parliament. And, you know, just, you just go, you go near the Royal Palace and you will see a lot of buildings marked with the EU on it. So how does the country feel about this? Do do you feel like you are part of Europe? Do you want, or the EU rather? Are there Brexiters or Belgiters? I've never heard about that. Oh, uh, no, 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 that's, okay. that's never been a question. We are completely pro-Europe. So even if the country did split, both parts would still very much yeah, want yeah. to stay in Europe, in the EU. Definitely, yeah. Okay. And so how does the country feel about Belgium being the the administrative center of the union? Is it a sense of like, is it something you're proud of? Or I, I don't know, actually, I have no idea how it would feel like. But, um, um, I mean, how would you feel if it was in France? Like, we're, we're pretty neutral about it. Yeah, it's there. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, as a, a very, uh, I think that the EU brings... Uh, a lot of things that a lot, too many yeah, people I mean, are unaware of, and it's kind of buildings. The buildings are in Brussels, but yeah, the but people that's in where it happens. Yeah, but that's so where it what? happens. That's where the work is being done. I think I would. I don't know, but I think I would feel some sense of. Yeah, yeah I mean, a little bit. Yeah, it's it's pretty mm. cool that it exists, and it's pretty cool that Brussels can be a home to that. Sure. Mm. Okay. Um. So not much to say about the EU. I figured, you know, with with I mean, all of no, that, we there can, would be we can little... talk about the the implications. The fact that um, a lot of international communities, like when I when I grew up and I went to school, then there were definitely people who moved from other countries to Brussels because of because it is the the, the capital of the EU, and then they would have to you know, grew up with us, even though they didn't speak French. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, it, it, it does have some impact. Uh, there's, uh, I think, a generation in, in the EU that grew up with the, um, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the program, the education exchange program, um, Erasmus. Marshall, Marshall Plan? Oh, okay. No, the, <laughs> uh, no, the Erasmus program, which uh, f- uh, facilitates going to study in other European countries for European yeah. students. And I think that has had an impact on on a part of uh, the generation and that has built a lot of uh, ties between those different countries. So I can imagine that having an influx of uh, people from all over the EU would help in that regard as well make the the people who interact with everyone feel a little bit more um you know again part of that whole i wonder if that's that you know if you having friends maybe you uh or knowing people from everywhere do you feel more connected than maybe someone in the deep uh, flemish countryside or wallonian countryside uh, might Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends that came from other countries because of Erasmus and then they had to leave. Um, that's, that's, I, I mean, I think you, I think you summed it up perfectly. Like it does have, um, it's very enriching, uh, to meet those people and to exchange with other, other, other European countries. And it's like, uh, it's a great thing to have. Yeah. Uh, mm. I definitely agree. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the, one of the great benefits there, but um, it's it's something. It's funny with the EU. You see a lot of the negatives of the EU, and certainly there are. Um, but for some reason, we talked about this on the show before. For some reason, you don't. The the, the positives are always uh, obscured. Uh, it's all. It's almost like the Americans who hate the government because they think about everything that doesn't work, but then they never think about you know. 
the postal service or the the police yeah. force or mm -hmm. the military or when they do it's kind of disconnected I from the government so. the, i don't know if the erasmus program is the best example to to say that it's super important because it's it's like a nice bonus but i agree that it does bring a lot to europe and that it's not being mentioned enough You know, well, yeah, maybe not the Erasmus program is not necessarily the most important thing, but I think it's more important than just sending a few students abroad. Um, I think it's the kind of thing that allows you to feel close to your, mm -hmm. not countrymen, but union men and women. Um, I think oh. I mentioned that that anecdote on the show every once in a while, but it w it's always good to repeat. Um, when I was working at Blizzard, Uh, the first few months I was, uh, you know, I got to know people and I, I got to interact with people from many different European countries and, you know, America, the UK, or many countries. But specifically, I remember being, having a coffee with a bunch of people. Some of us were French, some of uh, us were German and someone made a joke about World War II. You know, and and I remember okay. thinking, oh, and we we discussed okay. it. Uh, we were like, "Holy crap! Do you realize that some of our grandparents, well, not mine, because really I'm not from France originally, but uh, you know, some of our grandparents might have fought in World War II, and and it was World War II was not just a, a war only for you know economic resources or like it was an ideological yeah. war, definitely, yeah." And and we're now joking about that a couple of generations later, and that is where incredible. The, where the reactions yeah. were the reactions to the joke different based on whether they were German or French? Not really. It wasn't that kind of joke. It was just something like well, universal about war that happened to be. I can't remember exactly, but it wasn't. It wasn't taking taken with. You it wasn't know, too offensive. Yeah, it wasn't too offensive, or it it wasn't. Uh, it didn't offend anyone. I think it was more everyone realizing we can discuss this, uh, mm -hmm. and it's only been a couple of generations when our our grandparents might have been killing each other in that war. And I think to get it back to the point, I think things like Erasmus and that program help with that. You know, it, it's a part, but it's an important yeah. part. Uh, so you I think mentioned that there was a, a genera generational aspect to this, and I think what you were getting at is that definitely takes that stuff for granted. Who takes that stuff for granted? Generation definitely takes this stuff for granted. Sorry, you're cutting off again. <laughs> Some generation. Oh, I think it might be your my your, generation. Uh, your generation. Okay, yeah. Um, I think it might be your um, voice. Uh, uh, the the level at oh, which it's, it activates. It's yeah, I think so. Maybe you want to turn it down a little bit. Usually, I put it at 70 dB. Um, it's very high. I'll, okay, I'll maybe that's sure. it. Then. Thank you. Um, so yeah, your generation takes that for granted. Uh, that's interesting, actually. Taking the the fact that we're all together or takes what that you have uh, the erasmus program the fact that we can mm. freely uh, travel uh, between countries and that it's we all share the same um the same money um the same currency right. sorry um yeah i mean all that stuff we take for granted and sometimes when i when i hear older generations i feel like they they really think it's insane but yeah. we don't really feel this way about it What I feel is insane, actually, is the idea that some people would want to get rid of it. You know, the idea that some people, the Erasmus program is uh, uh, incredibly enriching uh, and it's base, uh, building safety for the, 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 the future generations right. because it ensures so you don't really want to go to war. Um, and the union is the same. Yeah. The, to get back to what you were saying, like, if, if we go, if we're, go, if we're starting from, World War II, which was this really um, a lot of pride, a lot of uh, I, uh, ideologic differences and people who want to shoot each other. Uh, whereas um, the more we're leaning towards a union and people being together and traveling between countries and uh, having this European identity. And when you look at Brexit, you see that the people who voted in favor of Brexit are much older and that they have this very old school um, nationalistic pride and that they are very proud of their their country and not not europe and so 
this year trends of um, you know knowing people uh, sharing something with the other countries bring brings us together whereas um, being nationalistic and focusing on being proud of your country instead of being proud of the European culture overall um, yeah you definitely see a correlation between that and voting in favor of uh, brexit or not mm. yeah it's it's very possible um, I think it it could easily slide into a, a, a discussion about identity politics almost where, because. Oh, it's, that, it's always about identity. Yeah, I guess. Um, there's another thing I did want to ask uh, because also it's kind of in the realm of the uh, kingdom of Belgium, I think, but you didn't ever mention the, uh, the, the heritage of the, the Belgian empire. Um, you know, with the colonies. Oh, you're talking and, about Congo. Oh, oh well, whoa. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm gonna be honest. That that's something that I never think about. Like it's, okay. I'm too young for that. Um, like we we know that some some terrible stuff happened where a lot of people got slaughtered in in Africa, um, and still have relationships. Uh, or or foreign ministry uh, goes a lot to. Uh, to Congo and to the Democratic Republic of Congo, and we we do still have relationships, and we still have we we, we play former owner of these lands. Um, but I, I mean, it's gone. Like it's just it's it was mm. the past, and I I've never known this past. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, uh, I don't know when the Congo got its independence back, but I'm guessing not not many um, people. in the sixties. Yeah, yeah m most. Well, yeah, it's just it feels like a part of the um, I mean, if I'm being honest, I My wouldn't mother. necessarily talk yeah. about this when I talk about France. Uh, but for some reason, it is associated with Belgium for me for m maybe mistakenly. Uh, my My mother was born in Congo, actually. Now that I think about it, oh, that's well. that's that's about it. <laughs> okay, well, that's yeah. still somewhat important. So. All right. Um, okay. I think we've we've covered um, almost everything I wanted to talk about. I'm sure we could talk more. Is there anything else you want to bring up about uh, about Belgium? We haven't and... spoken. We haven't spoken about waffles. Um, <laughs> do, do, do you like Belgian waffles, Patrick? Uh, obviously, I don't think I could say I don't with with a Belgian person on the podcast. It would be yeah, dangerous with a gun pointed at your head. Um, <laughs> okay, no, I think. Um, I mean, if you don't have any more questions, then I'm completely satisfied. I would wonder what is the cultural contribution um, that you think Belgium is the most known for in the world, and I, I would take out the Smurfs. Uh, of oh, the equation, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious. Maybe oh, modern, you, you know, uh, something that that people might have heard I mean, about that they don't know is Belgian. Maybe some people didn't know not, the Smurfs were Belgian. Actually, okay. people all the time don't know about that. Uh, they mm. don't know it's Belgian. That's that's for sure. Um, so I'm 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 guessing I can't say Tintin either. Um, Well, I think that's uh, that's that's another one. It's just in the same ballpark. It's, it's the, same in the same realm, sure. But, yeah. um, let's see. In terms of music, I'm super proud. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm proud. <laughs> one of the few things I'm proud of. Uh, I'm super proud of Jacques Brel. I love this guy. Um, mm. But obviously, it's a French singer. So uh, I mean, a French speaking singer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and. Um, and um and yeah so maybe that's not a very international gift to the world um yeah i mean beer uh, i i know when i when i go to san francisco there's a lot of a lot of belgian beer over there um so that's a pretty nice gift to the world um <laughs> yeah that's well, fair I mean, enough i think it i think it works beer is definitely i mean It, when you think beer it's basically germany and belgium that stand out right so yeah i think that's sure. fair enough Uh, Germany because they drink a lot of it, a lot of it, and Belgium because we make good beer. <laughs> That is an excellent conclusion to this <laughs> Very episode. I think passive aggressive conclusion. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for for being on the show. I think that was uh, that was really interesting, and I'm sure oh, that some pleasure, of what Patrick. we 
what we discussed here, I'm certain, resonated with people uh, in other countries, and I'm sure they would have things to add and things that uh, they think is similar or different. And if that's the case, please feel free to do so on the on the blog. Um, before we move on, would you please tell people where they can find more of you, maybe even of your app? Oh, my app, right. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Um, so yeah, sure. Uh, in, in the case of my person, you can find that on Twitter at Geeko86. There will be a link in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently wrote an essay on entrepreneurship in Belgium. So if you want to read that, you can Google my name and then uh, Hobbits in Belgium. That's the name of the essay. Uh, Hobbits. It's about... Yeah, Hobbits in Belgium. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a funny name because I'm a funny person. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and so Patrick mentioned my app. I'm the developer of Quick Lyric, which is an app you can find on the Google Play Store, iOS coming soon, hopefully. Um, and it's an app for lyrics. So you're listening to music on Spotify, Apple Music, or MP3. You open the app, and instantly you're going to see the lyrics for the music you're listening to karaoke style um and that's available on um on android and it is actually the most downloaded belgian app in the world which is pretty cool but Woo-hoo. there you go um, and you, you <laughs> yeah, that's, the, lot, but. <laughs> that's the app uh, that you quit your university course for that's right yeah and you're I now a startup my, i quit my studies to focus on my startup hey how, uh, how, so how do i invest in your startup so that I, when you exit in a couple of years, I can become a millionaire. Um, we, we don't do crowdfunding. Like that's, Damn it. that's something. No, that hey, I'm, I'm wait a second. Sure. What do you mean yeah. crowdfunding? I have, I have means, my friend. I, I can invest, like I can, I can do seed. How much do you want? Like 20, 30K, um, 100K? I, there is. We're, we're looking right now, we're raising a seed round between 350K and 500K. Oh, so if you have that crap. amount of money, you can go. Okay. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I was going to play big shot with <laughs> like 10K that I don't have, but mm, all right. Fair enough. Um, so that's, uh, oh, and the name of the app is Quick Lyric without an S. Quick why, Lyric. Why, why did you choose? Actually, I never it's asked so- you that. Why no uh, S? You have, you have actually. Oh, um, I have? Okay. The last time I was on a Phyllis Club, people can check. <laughs> okay, and... fair enough. <laughs> I forgot, um, so, so you can actually, tell me again. The reason you're asking me this question, because uh, why is there no S, is because you're a French-speaking person and that to you it always has an S. But if you were, sir, a proper English speaker, you would know <laughs> that lyric with no S is also a word and that it means... Um, a passage. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, I can translate it in French. Oh, you mean it, um, okay? Mm. Yeah, it's a passage inside a song. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so and so there is no S for that, and also mainly because it needs to rhyme. Quick lyric. Mm, I see. Okay, okay, that's that's fair enough. So you can go uh, check that app out uh, on the Android uh, Play Store right now, and very soon on the ios app store sure yeah, yeah this year. at some point <laughs> this year <laughs> uh thank you for being on uh guillaume it's always nice to speak to you um for me it's not patrick on twitter and facebook and you can support the show at patreon.com slash the phileas club uh the link is also in the show notes you can just click from there and it's super easy to uh register on patreon and then um become a a patron of this specific show if you don't know the system it's super easy you decide how much you want to give for each episode and then at the end of the month you are uh, charged for the amounts of episodes that you contributed to and this show is funded exclusively by the patrons who are all wonderful lovely uh people who actually are incredibly intelligent i don't know if it's you know correlation or causation Uh, (laughs) um but yeah they're they're all quality people so i think you know i i wonder if by becoming a patron as well you would enter that category or Certainly, if you are in that category, you're a prime uh, candidate for being a patron. So thank you very much for <laughs> supporting the show to all of those who do. And thank you so much for listening as well. Um, the schedule of the show is a little bit... Uh, uh, 
different or maybe it's going to be a little bit uh, uh, perturbé, we say in French. Uh, disturbed? No, not disturbed. Changed? Uh, because <laughs> I'm very disturbed. busy. <laughs> not disturbed. Affected. No. Affected. Yeah. Um, because I'm very busy uh, at the moment you're listening to this with uh, diapers and stuff, hopefully. You know, hopefully that's that went well. Um, but yeah, we will try to do another show towards the end of the month. We'll see if it's a, a regular news show or if we do something different for convenience. Um, we'll see. But either way, the show will come back soon. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have anything you want to add, uh, please feel free to go to frenchspin.com and leave a comment on the, um, on the article for this episode. And you'll also find Pixels over there, which is a show about gaming. I, you might be interested in that as well. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.